With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. from the U.S. and around the world. I'm Jackie Laura Jones here with you again for my True Forgiveness Teachings podcast. Gosh, this Tuesday, June 20th, 2023. Wow, you guys, we're almost into the second half of the year. Totally boggles the mind how, oh my gosh, fast everything goes. Um, Anyway, great to be back with you all. If anyone is joining us for the first time out there, this is a forgiveness podcast based on the principles of the spiritual teaching, A Course in Miracles. And um, I have had my guest today on with me, I think three or four other times. She holds a special place in my heart because why? She's my sister, Cindy Laura Renard, and she has her fourth book out, uh, Spiritual coupling how to experience a holy relationship i'm sorry a guidebook for experiencing a holy relationship which is why i called this you know episode how to experience a holy relationship and we're gonna get into that and anyone joining for the first time welcome my sister cindy laura renard is an international speaker on a course in miracles she's authored four this is her fourth book and she and her husband my brother-in-law gary renard um speak all over the world. Uh, A lot of you may have heard of The Disappearance of the Universe, my brother-in-law Gary Renard's first book. Um, So my sister also has a master's degree in spiritual psychology. She's a visionary singer and songwriter. And so it's always so fun to talk with her, not only because we love to talk about the course, but because we're sisters. And so we have (laughs) just so much, you know, in common and the way we just like to share this message and everything. So very proud of her for this um, new offering, her fourth book. I think it's a great one. I haven't read it um, front to back yet, but I've read enough of the chapters to say this is really, really, really going to be helpful to people. Again, it's Spiritual Coupling, a guidebook for experiencing a holy relationship. Welcome, Cindy. Thanks, Jackie. It's always so good to be on with my sister talking about the course, which we love to do. So thank you for having me on again. I love Yay. it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it is. It's really fun. And, you know, I think some of the questions that both of us get a lot of the time is, gosh, what is, how can I have a holy relationship? What is a holy relationship? And, you know, why do relationships give us so much trouble, right? These are our, our special relationships, as the, the course calls them. Um, why don't you start off by just, you know, telling the listeners a little bit about, you know, your, what you call a holy relationship uh, versus a, a special relationship, as the course calls our special relationships are our separate relationships as bodies, right? Yeah, that's a great place to start, actually. Uh, There is a difference between what the Course calls a holy relationship and a special relationship. Um, A holy relationship is one where you understand that the purpose for it is to heal through forgiveness. The purpose is for forgiveness. So it's really a forgiven relationship where you're using any challenge that comes up um, in the relationship. And this could mean um, a romantic relationship or it could be any type of relationship you have with another being. The purpose is still the same for forgiveness if something comes up that is challenging for you. So the goal is to heal and become one. Become one, though, not merely with that other individual, but 
ultimately remember your oneness with God that you share with the other and with everyone. So when you're living within your relationship with that purpose in mind, you're, it's really serving a holy purpose. Yeah. And that's a very, very different perspective to be coming from than the special relationship, which you mentioned, which is all throughout the course. It talks about the special relationship being, um, which has two parts to it. There's special love and special hate. And we've been taught to believe that when we have special love, which means we're singling out a certain person or a certain thing um, that we say we love, but it's even that special love is not really based on unconditional love. There's always some <laughs> ego condition attached to it. Yeah, oh my yeah. God. There's always something you're trying to get. It? Yeah, it's yeah. exhausting. It is actually kind of exhausting. It's um, exhausting. We we think it's you know we have good and you know people have very good intentions. They, but it's it's not the ultimate, you know, right-minded relationship. The special relationship is really based on, still based on separation, even though it doesn't look like it. Right. Um, that's the special love. But then there's the special hate, which is more obvious because you're singling out a person and and using right the, the relationship for the purpose of projecting your unconscious guilt onto the other person, making them the cause of your upset, which can also be done in the special love relationship, um, but they're really the same thing. They're both not the perfect, unconditional love of God. And so the holy yeah. relationship is, again, really when you start to recognize what the purpose is, why you're in that relationship, and, and shifting your perspective on how you can be with another within the relationship. Yes, excellent. Well said. You know, it brings me to... An example, and, and a lot of my listeners will, will know that I've, I've shared a lot of aspects of this, of my relationship with Mark on many different platforms, but it pertains so well here because it occurs to me based on what you were just, you know, saying, um, the difference between a holy and a special relationship and what, what we want to do is, is decide that we want to use the relationship for healing. What's our purpose? You have a chapter um, called the right-minded relationship, a uh, chapter nine. And in that you make the important point that if, when you're practicing the course, the Holy Spirit or Jesus, they don't want to take our relationships from us and say that we necessarily have to have to quit them or leave them. Although sometimes that's the guidance, but rather they're transformed and I, I love that part in your book because um, when Mark and I, and again, a lot of my listeners know this, and we were going through a really trying time in 2013 when he had come back from the war mm -hmm. from Afghanistan. He was going through PTSD, and um, the relationship was so different before he had that final deployment experience that when he came back, we were both almost flabbergasted, and he was observing himself in these 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 states with this hardship and i remember saying to myself sin and because you're my sister you you know this more from firsthand experience but i remember saying you know what i will not you in my mind when the times got tough i said you know what i will not use this relationship for conflict I won't use it to project my own stuff saying, this isn't fair. Where's my old husband? What's going on? Even though those were natural thoughts in my mind, and I encourage everyone listening that the course is never, ever about denying your feelings or denying that you feel a certain way. Rather, it's bringing those feelings into your awareness and using them and allowing them to be transformed so you can see it in a different way. And I remember saying that to myself and over and over, like, you know, let me not use this, you know, as an obstacle for peace, of course, but rather to facilitate peace is coming. And I would say that in my mind. And I was doing everything normally to help Mark. He was helping himself. He was very aware of what was going on and wanted to heal um, this trauma, but I kept saying that in my mind, and I thought, you know what, a, a relationship 
the holy relationship is between your right mind, you, you know, the, your Jesus, the Holy Spirit, you know, the special relationship is the ego. And then we have the reflections of that. So I remember thinking that that was reflected into my experience here of saying, I'm going to use this for forgiveness, for experiencing peace instead of conflict, not denying that I was experiencing conflict, but that's the change of mind, right? That's making, it's deciding what purpose do I want to serve with this relationship? And it ends up being healing for the entire sonship because you're one with it. So even though we have these individual relationships, right, it's always part of the whole because everything is in your mind. There's nothing separate from you, right? Right. And I'm glad you brought up that the <clears throat> that the reflection of the special and holy relationship, um, it takes form here in the relationships we have with people, substances or things. I mean, it could be anything you're in relationship with. But but the true holy relationship is between you and the Holy Spirit. And then the That's special right. relationship is the relationship you're having with the ego is the ultimate special relationship. But then that does get projected. That specialness of with the ego does get projected and takes form in the relationships we appear to have here in the world. So, (laughs) right. um, Yeah, absolutely. And what your example shows too is, which is really important as part of the holy relationship here at this level of the world is to, honor each other's processes with offering encouragement and support and honoring the other's process in the sense of you recognize sometimes that they're going to choose the ego and sometimes they're going to choose the Holy Spirit, but, but to honor their process without projecting your own ideas of, the timing maybe of when your partner, right, should come to the awareness that you think they should mm-hmm. come to. Or <laughs> and we wanna we wanna really and I've had to work on this too with various things in my relationships where where I had to let go of my own timing of when I think either my partner or it could be anybody, it could be mm-hmm. but where when we're assigning roles to other people or to our partner that we think they should fulfill according to what we think is best in our time frame. And we just simply can't right. know that. Of course, so that's no. the part of honoring each other's processes. And that's part of the holy relationship too. When you, when you're, when you recognize that and you, right. you allow that person, it doesn't mean you can't share feelings or, you know, thoughts and stuff, but you, at the same time, you're recognizing that you're not judging them either right. for where they appear to be. And that's a huge part of being in a holy relationship. Is And it's a huge part of the practice of it. And it can be one of the hardest things to do is let go that we think we know what's best for someone else, what they really need. We don't really know. Um, so... If our part becomes well to keep well for to keep forgiving, but also to recognize that it's not our role to fix someone else's life, but it is our role to hold the space and to forgive mm-hmm. when it's called for and to be there for encouragement and support um and allow which allows space for true communication to take form. I have a quote here actually I wanted to read that Oh, excellent. It's it's really it's not from the course, it's from Khalil Gibran, a prophet. Oh a prophet, yeah. Uh-huh. Khalil Gibran, well known uh-huh. prophet. This quote's short, but it explains how important it is to allow each other in the relationship space um to shine, to be autonomous but each stands whole in their autonomy. Like they, they, each person is whole within themselves. And mm-hmm. this is the quote. It says, give your hearts, but not into each other's keeping. For only the hand of life can contain your hearts. And stand together, yet not too near together. 
For the pillars of the temple stand apart, and the oak tree and the cypress grow not in each other's shadow. So what nice. when you look deeper into what that's saying is it's about not not possessing or owning the other like you own not the other sure. but allowing right. room for growth in the space between two people to have that space but but which allows each person to to shine in their own right without the other mm-hmm. possessing or trying to project their own ideas of what they think they should be or have to be. Mm-hmm. It's a very powerful, beautiful, beautiful poetic way of saying it. Um, yes, that's right. Possessiveness goes with specialness, of course, yep. hand in hand yes. uh, with, the, with the ego. Yes. Um, along with what you're saying, that beautiful quote, we, we often have our ideas of how a relationship is supposed to be, how it has to be, what will make us happy. Well, I often share uh, with my audiences that, you know, there's nothing wrong with wanting something to be a certain way and saying, gosh, it, you know, it would be nice if, if this were this way. The problem comes in is when we cannot be at peace or our salvation completely depends on the external source, on the relationship being a certain way. Now, this isn't a, a small uh, distinction. So I, this is where this is coming from, Cindy, and I know you get these questions too. People say, yeah, but, but, but is it okay if I want this? And what if I – but I want – of course. And again, I will use just my own example because it's just my, my real experience, which is I always wanted the relationship with Mark to go back to the way it was, meaning, oh, I want him to be healed. Oh, I don't want him to be in this pain. Oh, gosh, we, none of us understand the trauma of war. This must be la, la, la. He lost friends that were shot in front of him, right? So, of course, I want that, guys, right? We, we want that. So that's a goal. There's nothing wrong to want that, right? At the same time, and my big word, my big word is always simultaneously, Sin, because simultaneously in your mind, you can think about the person in the right way. Like as I was meaning a right-minded mm-hmm. way, like your chapter nine suggests, as I'm thinking those things about, Mark, I'm remembering who he is, and I'm remembering in my next interaction with him, my next shoulder touch, my next moment of silence laying next to him, my next speaking moment to him, I have reset my starting point to say I am joined in the Holy Spirit mind knowing he's not separate from me, and there's no real illness. It would just be like, okay, there's my... There's my handsome husband. He's got, you know, brown eyes, dark hair, suffering from PTSD. Okay. Like it's all in the same illusion. And so I was thinking about him in that way in my mind. And then the reflection of that just goes into my functioning. And I'm no longer joining from an ego standpoint. Right? Yeah, exactly. It's, it's, the foundation of where you're coming from is so important. It's you use the word the phrase starting point. Yeah, so uh-huh. we have that a foundation already of where we're beginning before we even interact or think about someone. It's so helpful. Are we in our right minds from the beginning? Right. When we're sometimes we're not, and that's okay. There's no judgment about that. Of course, we're not. That. Right, right, right. A lot of actually, most of the time, we're not until we until we change. If we're, our, if we're remember, honest we can about change it, our yeah. mind. <laughs> if we're honest about it. We're not usually we're not in our right mind. No, in the no. right mind because it's so easy to react quickly. You know, with ego out of fear, which is under sure. anxiety, out of you know anything, anxiety, emotion, discomfort, like discomfort, oh my God. it can show up in many different ways, and. And so a lot of times if we just – the more we recognize where our starting point is, we're going to get better and better and be in that miracle frame of mind where our starting point does become more often in our right minds. Right. Um, it will happen over time, you know, with practice. But usually 
the work initially is to recognize that you're in your wrong mind <laughs> and then, <laughs> oh, well, there is another way. Of course, always, there is another way to perceive this, to look at this, and then move right. to the step-by-step, you know, from there. But, you know, Great I don't, point, in my yeah. book, I write about only a little bit about Gary and I, but I I say, which is true, I do, I never like to sugarcoat our life and our relationship just because we teach the course doesn't mean we're perfect either. Right. So, sure. so that would be silly to, to even assume that. And so Gary and I disagree, you know, um, and we have disagreements. We sure. don't always see eye to eye. And just like any, any other couple or any other could be between a sibling. It could be between a parent and a child. It doesn't, again, this is all relationships we're talking about here, really. And Gary and I don't always agree. And so um, the thing is, is that we do know how to forgive, though. So if we know how to forgive, it, it does, it's really helpful because then in your own mind, you're able to let go of whatever the grievance is quicker and yeah. you don't stay upset as long as you might be if you weren't practicing forgiveness. So right. that's the key is not to be perfect in behavior, to recognize when your classroom's in session so you can say, ah, oh, okay, I realize that I'm thinking with the ego right now, and that's really upsetting. That's the teacher of pain. And right. in this moment, I can take a pause. You might want to take a pause before you go any further if you're having a conversation or communication with someone and just take a pause and just look, you know, and take it, take that time. You need to kind of reframe, you know, reinterpret and say there's another way and then right. come back to the person. You know, I give a lot of suggestions like this in my book about actually how to handle even when you're in the heat of an argument. What do you do? Yes. You know, and what and there's that. steps, you know, mm-hmm. and there's, you know, I suggest, make suggestions on, based on some common mistakes we all make in relationships mm-hmm. and then, and give another interpretation of how they can be dealt with, what you can yeah. do. Yeah, so very I, good. Yeah, there are, you know, and a lot of times our communication is blocked because, well, the body itself is a block to communication and, but not, right. but Real communication is not about between bodies. It looks like it's, it's oh, I'm just, I'm, my body is next to this body, and so I'm talking to this person, and that means I'm really communicating. But it doesn't mean you're really communicating. Right. <laughs> um, communi- <laughs> communications really starts at the mind level always. It starts at the mind and where you're coming from in the mind. You know, and I have, I have just sort of another one brief thing I want to, it's a little Buddhist story that I I wrote in the book, but and this it's short. Oh, and, good but, because I have it marked. It, yeah, read it. I have it marked to read oh, your you Buddhist do? story. Go ahead. Yeah. It's the and the point is this is a story is is to that when you're less concerned about the body and understanding that when we see the course says in the special relationship. The ego wants to see each other and identify with each other as bodies, not as perfect spirit. So, but when you start to be free of the, this identity that the body is you, you can start to remove, which is a block to the awareness of love's presence. You can you can start to let go of these, the, the attachment to other bodies and then allow real communication, real inspiration to come through. So this is this story. It says, a fierce and terrifying band of samurai was riding through the countryside, bringing fear and harm wherever they went. As they were approaching one particular town, all the monks in the town's monastery fled, except for the abbot. When the band of warriors entered the monastery, they found the abbot sitting at the front of the shrine room in perfect posture. The fierce leader took out his sword and said, Don't you know who I am? Don't you know that I'm the sort of person who could run you through with my sword without batting an eye? The Zen master responded, And I, sir, am the sort of man who could be run through by a sword without batting an eye. I love it. 
I love so it. So that says a lot right there about detachment from this idea that it shows two completely different mindsets and right. perspectives. Right. And you could take it further by understanding it's obviously about not being attached to form, to body, because that's not our identity. But when we're coming from that kind of mindset um, in our minds when we're communicating with someone, that what we really are can't be hurt, although it doesn't mean we're not going to experience hurt sometimes. But right. the more we're practicing forgiveness, it leads us to this mindset that, yeah. wow, it's not really about me. Nothing's ever personal unless I choose to make it that, make it personal. If I make it right about me, some if someone else is appearing to project onto me, it's my decision how I'm going to handle that, how I'm going to think about that. And that's yep. real power because you're you're giving yourself your power back to decide to use the decision-making part of your mind to say, who am I listening to? As this person appears to be attacking me verbally, you know, physically, physically you want to get away. It's normal. <laughs> Remove yourself. But right. if it's a, like a verbal attack or you feel like it's an attack, even still, you're a mind. You're not body. You're a decision-making mind. So you still get to interpret that attack as if you choose as a call for help, a call for love. And then ask the Holy Spirit for guidance as to what you should do, you know, in that moment. And it it could be a number of things, but you just ask and but you but you understand that any attack is a call for love. Even in this story, you know, um Jesus this is not that different from the crucifixion story where Jesus' nails being driven into his wrist without batting an eye. You know, where where he could forgive as someone's driving nails through his wrist. You know, right. it's it's sort of that ultimate demonstration of what's possible. Now it doesn't mean yeah. we're expected we don't none of us have to go through that literal interpretation of the crucifixion, he's saying. But right. we do crucify ourselves in every day in many different ways. We do crucify That's ourselves. Right. You know, we That's do right. do that. And so he's just sharing with us in the course to just Help us to to start now letting go of the crucifixion and join him in the resurrection. Yes. Join him in the what that what is that message telling us? Let's join in that right. instead of the suffering. Yeah, and he's calling us like the Holy Spirit as he's the Holy Spirit. Now he's calling us. What is it? It's the call to joy. The Holy Spirit is the call to joy. Remembering who you are. Yes. Remembering who you are. No matter right. what. No matter right. what. No matter what. The resurrection is the reawakening of the mind to remembering your dreaming, choosing the miracle, and saying, wait, I've never left my source. I've never left my joy. I can play around in dreamland, pretend I'm se- separate because I'm afraid of the mind, right? I'm afraid of God, but nothing's really happened in reality, right? Right. So right. funny. Such, such good points um, that you bring up. There are a lot of experiential things here in, in your book, which which we'll get into. I just wanted to talk a little bit again about <laughs> how these special relationships, something you said earlier, and I, I wrote this down, and now I can't remember what it came from, from one of your points, but I'm just the type of person, I hate conflict. I don't like it, right? I don't I like agree. it. I think we're the same conflict. in that. <laughs> we're the same in that way, right? So yeah, for yeah. me, you know, I'll speak to myself for myself in this, although Sin and I are really, we, we have many similarities, but I can say for myself, um, like I hate conflict because, you know, when we grew up and our, our parents <clears throat> got divorced, I felt like I had so much conflict early on, you know, that I... Sometimes I go back to that. I'm like, gosh, why am I getting so triggered in the present here? And sometimes, now this could be a whole other podcast, guys. We could go on a, on a whole thing with this, but I just wanted to make the point that sometimes we can go back and find out just here in the dream and the level of form where the conflict comes from and, and, and work with it on that uh, in that realm. Now, we don't always have to do that, but... 
I wanted to share my example of that because I hate it so much. And I think, gosh, why do I hate it? And why am I trying to keep things, you know, sane? I'm like, oh, because that's what I did when I was younger. I was like trying to keep the peace. And when I read this book or what read this part rather in your book, Sin, about the about the present memory or whatever, uh, chapter two, the, the power of the present, mm-hmm. um, yeah. like forgiving a memory you're talking about now I'm paraphrasing your book, but you're like forgiving a memory is the same because as, as forgiving, forgiving something in the present, this is the power of the present. The only time is now. And so I think of that practicing the course all these years, I think of that and I think of, Oh my gosh, even going back and remembering you are still forgiving that now, whether you're forgiving something that is seemingly happening right in front of you with a, a spouse, a this, a that, a coworker, a whoever, or a memory that comes up from the past. And it's so funny when I look at that through that lens and I say, oh, look at this memory the ego's pulling from the past of justifying my discomfort. But then I remember, oh my gosh. In the present, I just heal that because it, it's just a thought in my mind. And then I say to myself, so is everything else I'm thinking right now in the present. It's just a thought in the mind, right? And sometimes the way it's hard to articulate it, sometimes I do the best I can, but I'm sitting here going, oh, yeah, the power of the, there only is now. There is no past, which the Course is teaching us. It doesn't mean the past isn't useful for, to us. Yes, we have to learn how to drive a car, and then we know how to drive a car. We learn this and that. But the ego's past, which is this holy trinity of, of sin, guilt, and fear, we've really sinned against God. Now we're guilty in the present, and we fear the future. And so when I read that about your memory and the power of the, of the present and forgiving a memory is the same thing as, you know, forgiving. I have a lot of clients that have guilt over either how they were raised or how they raised their children. Of course, we can all look back, right? And go, oh, maybe I would have done this now or, or maybe I would have done this. Yep. But that's yeah. just the whole point. This is the ego's game to not only to make the past real to us, but now we feel guilty about it and everything. So again, you guys, <clears throat> to the listeners, it's not that you're not using the tools you have. And sometimes you have to connect something in the dream. Sometimes you don't. You can go right to forgiveness and laugh. And it's a, a very simple thing. And sometimes when it's not, it's helpful to know where it comes from. So I'm wondering if you could talk a little bit about the present, you know, memory and about, you know, how everything is really all the same. Yeah, that it, it is all the same. It's not easy to think of it that way. Um, no, because it's not. So we have to unpack it. I know, yeah, we do because the ego's purpose is to keep us stuck in the past. So if that's the, the purpose, we have to really be aware and start being mindful of those moments when when we really are bringing the past into the present and holding on to it. Um, which which the ego loves to do, right? Um, because it's the because as soon as the ego senses that we realize there is no past, really, it's just a series of now moments. There's no right. that's how that's there's actually no future. There's no past. There's no right. future because nothing has actually happened. Except in nothing in mind. Yeah. That's right. So there's there's really always now, and that's why every anything can be forgiven now, even when you have a memory that comes up, and it could be a painful memory that you feel is from the past in your mind we're being taught that that occurred in the past so because the past isn't real really if you're having that memory of the past the power is that you can choose to forgive like we were talking before you can forgive a memory that you are judging as coming from the past right here in this moment and it would have the same impact as it would if you chose to forgive at that point in time that you're calling the past that's how time works is that that's the power of the present is that you can forgive all of time right here right now all, right. Everything that we judge as being of time, of linear time frame, can happen in this holy instant. In the holy instant, 
where you choose to bring all the trials and tribulations, everything you think you've, that the past has brought you, when you bring it to the Holy Spirit now in the present, you're healing it for all of time. And not only are you healing it, but you are creating a new version of yourself. You're creating a, a different perspective. It's like you're looking at, you can look at that scene that you think happened in the past, like a frame, like a picture. Yeah, like a frame. You're giving a different (laughs) interpretation of it now. So it's like a new you. It's Mm -hmm. a new you because you're choosing the Holy Spirit as your teacher now instead of what you chose before. And that's why that part in the course that says, you know, about the the power of choice, about choose once again, what you would have yourself be. That's about being in the present, choosing again, which means that Jesus is telling us that the past is over. It can touch me not because because the world was over long ago and only it was a tiny tick of time. And so you can look at each past memory as like a picture, like a frame, like a, like a picture. Now just pull it up in your mind if it's still coming up. You pull up and you go, oh, well, if it's triggering me, it's triggering me right here in this moment. It's not triggering me from the past. The past is over. It's right. it's a, triggering me right now, and right now is where my power is. So right in this moment, I can look at it differently. And you keep thinking of it as it's all happening right now. And then you're you're allowing yourself to to give a, another interpretation, and the whole, and you're allowing the holy instant. You're really allowing the holy instant, which is bringing, right, the ego's thought system to the Holy Spirit. Yeah. And that could be, and that that includes the past, what we think hurt us in the past. Right. Well said. But when we get when we get it's all happening now, we can say, well, gosh, I I no longer have to be what that I thought that person was in the past. I don't have to be that same person. I'm a new person. I'm a new, it's like I'm a new, I'm not really a person, but you know what I mean. I can think differently yeah, about this now. you're a new version now. of yourself. You can think it's differently like version, about yeah. it with you're the body that we're experiencing. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Yeah, your body might, the body will look the same, but your mind is changing and you're a new, yeah. right? You're, you're, a, you're, you're yeah. becoming the best version of yourself right. because you're becoming one who's listening to the Holy Spirit. Right, more of That's the time. That's a huge difference. Yeah, and the present memory is really just saying that you can use memory for a different purpose. You right. can choose to remember your reality now, who you really are now. You can use memory to remember who you really are and what you really are and choose and choose that over the body, over the ego. That's what the present memory is about. Yeah, love it. Love it. Well said. Isn't it so funny, Sin, how the, okay, our unconscious guilt, we don't know what form it's going to take. Let's say we have to project the guilt out that's not healed. So, oh, gosh, let's say everything happens to be what we would call kind of going well in our the current present. Well, the ego's going to pull something from the past, right? I mean, but it's, right. it's all right. the same. It's just almost like the ego can't survive without that judgment, without that. And we don't know where our healing is going to be. So whether what you said so well, you know, whether we're pull, pulling things up from the past or not, or whether it's something that's seemingly going on and what we experience as the, the ego, the present, um, it's still all the same. And that's the, I think that's one of the easiest things about A Course in Miracles. Not that A Course in Miracles, like practicing is, is easy and sometimes getting the concepts are, are, are uh, challenging, but what's so easy is that we only have two choices with which to see things through. One, we're ready to make that choice. There's no pressure about it. You know, Jesus takes a very long time and a very big book to be patient with us with tons of things just to <laughs> repeat over and over again. Hey, just choose once again. Yeah. There's never, there's no yeah. pressure. I don't think anybody, I've never in 20 plus years heard anybody say that they feel like 
pressure from the words of the book, like pressure from a course, not from right. that. I mean, they have their own pressures and it's, it's, you know, the ego's fighting them, but Jesus is a great example as a symbol of our right mind that there's nobody's pressuring anyone to do anything. But when we're ready, boy, you just have two, two choices, you know, and one of them is going to lead to peace and awakening to the, to what we really want. The other one will just like further the illusion and there's no guilt in that. We can play around in it as long as, as long as we want, can't we? <laughs> That's right. It's is our playground. We can, we can certainly, um, we can delay and we can prolong uh, joy as as long as we want to. There's no time. <laughs> exactly. I mean, we, we, we in other words, we I mean, we're want. eternal yeah. beings, so there's no judgment. But no, but, of course not. You know, and I I'm not exempt from challenges. I certainly have my own challenges. So I I certainly understand the complexity and the difficulty. Um, you know, some that that can happen when you're when you really are working with script. something. Yeah. Oh yeah, right. when something comes up that you really t- trying time. Um, you know, there's not one person that walks this earth that doesn't feel that vulnerability sometimes, or feel that right that hardship right. or in whatever For form sure. it takes. Um, so I've certainly had my share, you know, and uh, I don't, I'm not going to sugarcoat, you know, my own life. So I know from experience that we, it's just so much more helpful when we can step back and just say, hey, this is where I am right now. We can allow our process to unfold and just, it's just helpful to know that the truth is there whenever we want to turn to it. That forgiveness is there when we're ready to forgive, that there's support available if you need it, that there's, it's just helpful to know that the foundation of the truth is always there in your mind. The Holy Spirit's literally um, a part of you. God is literally a part of you because you're part of God and God goes with you wherever you go and you're never alone. So it's, even if you're going through a trying time, you know, you can really, really remember that. Remember that you're not, the Course is not saying you have to be perfect in regards to behavior. It's not mm. saying that no, everything yeah, is going to go perfectly here, right? in your life. Yeah, there's no life that where it's perfect. So we're here to just learn and grow and remember who we are, remember that in truth, we are invulnerable, that we can remember that God created us to be exactly the same as he is. You know, that truth has not left our minds, and truth doesn't shift or change. So regardless of the mistakes that we make here, that has no bearing at all on reality. Reality doesn't look at us and say, Oh my God! Look at that guilty person over there. Look what they did. That's not how the Holy Spirit thinks. <laughs> not, right. There's no judgment. There's no, you know, if anything, we judge ourselves. So yes, for sure. all the work is is to just, you know, peace. Peace is letting go of self judgment. Peace is letting go of self judgment on ourselves and on the world loosening the world of what we thought it was and forgiving the world for what we thought it was or what we thought it did to us, what our partners did to us, what our family members did to us, what our friends did to us, whoever it it is. But it's loosening all of that and coming back to this center that says, wow, this is my dream. I'm dreaming. This is my dream. I've made up the figures in my dream. I'm making them act out for me like I do in my dreams in bed at night. So if I'm making up these figures in my dream, then I can start the process of remembering, well, that, well, none of it's really, really true then. Nothing really happened. Then that's coming back to that forgiveness place. Right. You know, exactly. You, remember you and I love dream. that. <laughs> yeah. You and I love that. I lose, I lose the world yeah. from all I thought it was. Well, I thought you it and was. I love that. You, yeah. You have, you have that in your uh, book too, book also, rather. I have it, yeah. I have it marked. Yeah. Cause it's, so great. Great point, Cindy. And, I, you know, you use the word allow a, a few times. And, um, yeah. you know what, guys, it, 
it's that I love that word. Allowing is a soft word, like allowing mm-hmm. your process, meaning never forget to laugh. And oh my God, speaking of laughter, like Sin and I loved Three's company growing up and in her book. I mean, there's so oh, much tech yeah, in this book. I'm just <laughs> bringing up a few things, but uh, you made a really oh, good God. point about, tell them about what you said about Three's company because their messages always got distorted. That's what we do here, but then they come back together at the end and work it out, you know, and with oh, humor. Yeah, and yeah. we can be a little lighter here, guys, not because the world is light. No one's saying that. Cindy and I don't walk around with Rose colored glasses we're very aware yeah. of what's going on in the world and we're, yeah. we're we're active to the holy spirit in ways to to what causes to support or doing this and the other thing but we can all afford to be a little lighter so you talk about three's company uh and then we just loved that isn't that such a good message oh, we, there? that you know what that show when i look back at that show now i'm like that actually had a great message of yes. not only in a couple ways. Number one, if anybody hasn't watched Three's Company and you, it's in syndication and you, if you have the channel, I think it's on TV land some of the time. But if you, yeah, it's on some of those channels. It's on, I, I think, episodes. One, if yeah. you haven't seen I tape it, I them sometimes. I know. It's so yeah, it's a great perspective on how misinterpretations about misperceptions <laughs> and misinterpretations of misunderstandings. Oh, that, but it's a comedy, yes. yes, and and about how easy it is to misunderstand something if you're not present, willing to really present or look, look deeper, at it, yeah. right into it, right. yeah, into a you just assume, <laughs> kind of jump. But it's hilariously done. It's a comedy. So, and John Ritter, the oh. lead actor, for anyone who doesn't know, he's brilliant Jericho. at physical comedy, right? At physical oh, comedy, one of the so best he does. He's opinion. amazing. Yeah. Yeah, one of the oh yeah, absolutely one of yeah. the best physical comedians, and even Lucille Ball w- loved John Ritter in that oh, show. Oh, I know because she, she was him. about physical comedy too, and so they Hilarious. that show is great at, at. But the thing is, they would have these big misunderstandings, and they were hilarious. But then at the end of the show, didn't they always resolve it? Remember, they always yes. said, "Oh, they came back to." The oh, what really happened? Or, what you know, really happened? They, they people took yeah. responsibility if need be. I mean, it was right, very right. yeah, like oh, I felt this way. I'm sorry. I didn't know you felt that. You know, or oh, right, I thought right. this was this. And it's very, it's a very great message. I'm so it's so it's funny when I message. saw that in your yeah. book. I was like, oh my god, perfect. Yeah, perfect yeah, because example. it's just a yeah. perfect it's example of how everyone does this. They, it's easy to jump into miss just just thinking, assuming we understand what we see. Yeah, because a lot sure. of that show was they saw an image, right, of the, of something, and they immediately in their mind went to an interpretation, a judgment, right, for, for without, judgment. without, yeah. Yep. Yeah, but but it was done in a funny way, so that's why it's oh, fun yeah. to watch because it was. But oh, if we just so you know can learn a lot from that of how easy yeah. we go, we move quick into quick into judgment. We, we think we understand Blame. and we don't, yeah. right? Yeah. So exactly. Yeah. That exactly. Was, well, that was, I, I love that, and um, that just brings me into because I can't believe the hour's almost up. I just want to do have you touch on just a, just a couple things. Um, and I think we only have like 10 minutes, but you put um, sign there's a, in your um, one of your chapters, there's a section called signs you are making progress. And um, oh, yeah, I'm just going to read a couple and then just make a comment on whatever you you want about it. Like signs we're making progress in our relationships, right? In general, um, these are our romantic relationships. Like Cindy said earlier, we have relationships with substances, <laughs> with people, with animals, with the world at large. Like special is just is separate. In the course, it's separate. It's it's not your relationship in oneness and wholeness with God. So you say um, that would you rather be right or happy? right? When we marinate in our egos, we are essentially saying we would rather be right. When we give up the need to be right, we are allowing room for happiness to be our state of mind. In the practice of the course, there are several ways that might help you to see that you're making progress. And I won't go into the whole details for our time here. Yeah. People can 
get your book, but you say a couple of the things are um, the need to be right will be replaced by a desire for a peaceful mind. You will be aware more of when you're judging and be willing to let it go. You'll notice that things used to push your buttons, that the things that used to push your buttons rather are not having the same effect on you, right? You will make decisions without guilt. You'll be more aware of when you're confusing love with sacrifice and, and, and so forth. So if you just want to talk a little bit about maybe your progress and how you've noticed that, that you've made progress in your relationships, that will be helpful, I think, to people. Yeah, I, I actually, the reason why I put those signs that, which that by by any means that doesn't mean that there aren't other signs, you know, that of you make progress. No, These are some of the ones. Sure. Yep, there are many. That, yeah, yeah. Yep, there's other ones too, but these are some of the ones that I noticed in my own relationships, and where I one of the the things, and that's why I wrote them, is because one of the the two of the biggest ones for me that I have noticed is less of a need, even with whether it's seemingly big things or little things, less of a need to be right. I'll just mm-hmm. let it go. I just I don't, my goal is peace, period. Mm-hmm. And not that I'm perfect at it, but what I, I've been more and more aware that my goal has been peace. So there's, I don't feel the need, no matter who it is that I'm talking to, that I have to make a certain position where I'm right. So I have to, I let go of being right more and more. And... Now, I'm not talking about things where that could really be helpful for someone like, oh, you made the, um, you know, the building, you have to make a right turn here or else you're going to go down the wrong road. I mean, I'm not talking about that kind right, of not right like wrong. Those. <laughs> not common right, sense right. stuff. Just, right, but right, right, right. If you're in an argument with someone and you really have to keep proving your point and right. you're that I've noticed has lessened. Right, invested, yeah, yeah. right? Meaning you're making less it invested. so real, you're so invested. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, gotcha. less invested. Um also, certain things, behaviors, um, and it could be behaviors of people, could be people I see on the on a program on the news. Um, it could be in my own relationship with Gary. It could be um, someone I don't know, but I see out in the street as certain behaviors. Um, I've noticed that they don't have um, – they've lessened way – really lessened over the years that doesn't push my buttons mm. as much as mm-hmm. they used to. So uh, whereas mm. I used to react more, well, I use an example in my book of when Gary and I were traveling to, we were traveling a lot, you know, 10 years ago. Uh, I mean, yeah. was, it seemed like every week we were going somewhere. And you were. I yeah. just, I just remember, yeah, I, I, we went to see this show Moulin Rouge in France and there was a real, the real deal show, Moulin Rouge, right in Paris. We saw the live version of Moulin Rouge. <laughs> and um, all these women were topless in the show and all that. And at that time, um, I was, for, I was, you know, I knew about forgiveness and everything, of course, but I, I wasn't as polished with my forgiveness as I am now. And and I'm not saying I'm even perfect at it now, but I wasn't as polished then as I am now. So I would tend to get more jealous. If Gary was looking at another woman, ah, mm-hmm. like, like, or Jerking. like, even in the in, in the show, I thought I would look at Gary, and then I would have this this twinge of like something I'd feel in my stomach that oh wait he's looking at this other woman, and then I felt a sense mm-hmm. of lack. You know, that would be an example of how I used to feel. Today, mm-hmm. if he looks at another woman, for whatever reason, I mean, it doesn't matter. I'm just. I have a completely, it has absolutely no impact on me whatsoever. Sure. Yeah, I get that. Which, Good example. So I talk about, yeah, I talk about jealousy in my book about okay. yep. I that it. and what, what's behind that. Yeah, yeah, and what's behind that and um, and that I used to have jealousy. Today, it's, it's, it's just, I just don't have that mm-hmm. feeling um, in no, my own relationship. I know him. you personally, so um, I know that that's true, how much it's changed yeah. around that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. 
yeah, I don't have that. I and so that was another that was one way I knew I was making progress. Excellent you know, and and, yeah. and you know what? And I started to laugh at it. I started to make and say, well, what woman doesn't sometimes look at a man who, or what man doesn't sometimes look at a woman just because it's kind of normal to do? If someone's right. good looking, you look <laughs> twice. You might look twice and you just go, oh, oh, that's an interesting looking person. It doesn't mean you have to have a, a totally 15 minute lustful stare, right? right. So, but right. you in front of your partner, but. Look, there's there's attractive qualities people have, and it's kind of normal normal for bodies to look at other bodies, but you don't have to make it for real. Sure. In other words, you yeah, jealousy comes up. That just means you're taking it to a whole another level, you know. Yeah, uh, that's right. All. Yeah, and that would yeah. be forgiven like like anything else, you know. Any that's of right. these things that come up: depression, anxiety, jealousy, the fear, anger, absolutely, you know, guilt, this yeah. uncomfortableness of any kind. I mean, yeah, great examples. I mean, that's the thing. See, we all have different examples. We all have the similar examples. Sometimes the same examples. Sometimes it's you know who knows. The ego has come up with billions of things for us to be in lack or feel. We're not this or that right. in some way. And it's, right. it's hysterical when you think of it. But, hey, I wanted to ask you one last thing. This has been so sure. great to have you because there's like four minutes. So spiritual coupling, which was a nice title. What would you say in just a couple sentences? Again, every we're all aware. I mean, there's so much one could talk about. But just define what does Cindy Laura Renard say a spiritual coupling is, right? Spiritual coupling is, I, it's a distinction that's made. Spiritual coupling is not the same thing as traditional partnership or traditional marriage. Spiritual right. coupling is when you're understanding that you're in a relationship with someone or something, but you understand what the purpose is for it. So the purpose is always for the Holy Spirit's purpose, which is for forgiveness. So spiritual coupling, you would understand that you're giving that relationship that purpose of joining, of making it about true joining and not separation, making it about forgiveness and not, you know, letting go of of projection and conflict and all the forms conflict takes. Um, So when you're in a relationship, you know, that's spiritual coupling, that's what it means. It means that you are... You are in in the business of forgiveness of making your relationship a holy one, which first starts in your mind with joining with the Holy Spirit. Love it. Woo! Great, great answer to that. And um, you guys can get Cindy's latest offering, Spiritual Coupling, a guidebook for experiencing a holy relationship on Amazon. Get it to your Kindle. I downloaded it on Kindle right away. I do have my hard copy, which I will have you sign, sis, next time I see you, which will be fun. Right. Which will be soon, maybe for one of our infamous walks and teas and whatever that we do usually on Sundays, although it can be any day. I love it. One minute left. Any quick announcements you want to share or... Well, you just, well, yeah, I would have just shared, you announced it already that my that book is available on Amazon right now and, and other countries as well as America and in both Kindle and paperback. And I will be doing audiobooks. I just haven't gotten to them yet of all my books. And then one more thing I do like to always mention in case someone just doesn't know or hasn't heard, Gary and I do do online classes on the course. Yeah. Um, every month we do two two-hour classes, so four hours total each month on a theme from the course. And you can find out more about that um, at uh, my website, cindylaura.com. I have a lot of info about the classes on my appearances page. Love it. And, yes, I did put your website here in the description of the episode, cindylaura.com. So thank you, sis. Um, So fun to talk with you. We'll do it again. So proud of you for your – latest offering coming out and it's really good you guys so um go out and get it kindle or paperback or both and um then it was so great to talk with you and you too thank you, you everyone love you thank
Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BDW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.